0: My praise holy Lord most holy Lord with all of my heart I with my heart I sing great
1: God is worthy of our praise. Thank you for being here this morning. It's good to see everyone. We especially welcome our visitors. We hope that you will stick around, let us visit with you, and get to know you. I'm Phil Jackson, one of the elders here at Preston Crest. As we begin our our worship, I do want to remind everyone to make sure that you check in by texting CHECK-IN to 469-476-5331. And be sure to check the bulletin. Lots of uh, news uh, in our bulletin and updates about information, upcoming events. Today is World Care, and we'll be giving to, uh, as we do on the 5th Sundays, Hope for Haiti's Children, uh, World Christian Broadcasting, World English Institute, and World Bible School, other one-time uh, efforts. So we hope that you will be able to give to that as well. You can go online and give, uh, or we do have the, the, the boxes in the back of the foyer. As we start our worship this morning, hear the word of the Lord from Psalms 29, 1 and 2. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory, do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Our Father in heaven, we come to you this morning truly in awe of the splendor of your holiness. It is our desire to give you the glory this morning in our prayers, in our songs, our remembrance meal, our giving, our study of your word, and our fellowship with each other. We ask that you accept this offering of praise. And Lord, we also ask that we can lay our struggles at your feet. In sickness and trials and grief and pain, we find our hope in you and we thank you for your many blessings. Help us to be good stewards of them. Most of all, we thank you for your Son Jesus, who is the perfecter of our faith. We give glory to his name. So it is in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks, Phil.
0: All right, church, let's sing together. Oh, God it
2: is a consuming fire, a burning fire.
0: This morning, church, he rose and conquered the grave. Amen. Welcome. Glad you're here to worship. Let's, let's be seated as we enter into our time of communion this morning. We're going to sing one more song, and then Don Carroll will come and lead us around the bread and around the cup.
2: Worthy the Lamb was
3: Church. So a few years ago, I am out hiking by myself um, on this mountain, and I get caught in a rainstorm um, that just blew through. And so I got up under a rock, and probably for the first time, learned what the meaning of being in the cleft of the rock is. And I'm just sitting there, and it's just me and the rain and the silence in this one tree that was sitting nearby. And I look at that tree, and it took me back to one of the sermons my daddy preached probably 40 years ago, Uh, maybe even longer than that. We may have still been living in Paducah at that time. And I remember daddy saying, everything that was created does what it was created to do. Animals do what they do plants grow, provide shade, volcanoes erupt. Everything does what it's supposed to do with one lone exception. Humans are the one part of creation that don't do necessarily what we were created to do. And so while I'm looking at that tree, I'm thinking that tree does what it's supposed to do. It is there through the snow, through the dark, through the silence, it just does what it's created to do. And it has for years. And so I started questioning, am I doing what I'm created to do? And in fact, that's sometimes hard to discern because there's a lot of noise in this world if you haven't noticed. And it's sometimes hard to block out all that noise to figure out what, not only what am I supposed to do, what I what created to do, but am I doing it? So now we come to the table, and I want you to consider three points as we come here. So, number one, we are doing what we are created to do when we come to this table. In 1 Corinthians 11, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So, coming to this table is what we're supposed to be doing, and that's, so we're doing it. Number two, a reminder that Jesus came and did what he was supposed to do. He asked that he didn't have to do it, but when it was all said and done, he stood up and he did it. Matthew 26, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, make this cup be taken from me. Yet not I, not yet not as I will, but as you will. So he did what he was supposed to do, what he came to do, what he was sent to do. And then number three, this ought to be a weekly reminder for us to recommit, to commit or recommit as we start this new week to go out and do what we are supposed to do. First Peter two, but you were a choos- chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Ecclesiastes 12, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. 1 Corinthians 10, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Matthew 5, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In 1 Samuel 12, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart for consider what great things he has done for you. Three things. With this meal, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be remembering. Number two, and we're remembering because Jesus did what he was supposed to do. He was sent to do a mission and he did it. And so that leads us to commit this next week to do number three, and that's to get up and do what we're supposed to do. Bring glory to God. We are to we, we were created to worship God and we were created to love others. It sounds a lot like, passion for God and compassion for others for people so this I never leave a communion without thinking of John 16 I have told you these things so that you that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome this world let's pray Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you for the broken body. And we ask that you bless our time together, remembering what he was sent to do and what he did so that we will stand up and go do what we are sent to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. the blood that cleanses us. We thank you for sending Jesus, for loving us so much that you sent Jesus. And we thank, thank you that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to die and go to cross and take our place. Bless our time. Strengthen us and prepare us to go out and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: If you are in this assembly this morning and came prepared to give an offering, you can drop that offering in the box in the middle of the foyer. Today is a fifth Sunday, and so that means we are also having a world care contribution, and uh, that is uh, that was mentioned earlier. And today you can find uh, your bullet. Look through your bulletin to see the efforts that we're helping with this World Care offering. Also online, giving online, you can give regular offering as well as World Care. You just scroll down, select that tab for a World Care gift as well. However you choose to give, we are thankful. We are thankful. Thank you for joining with us as we strive to to build up the body of Christ, not only in this place, but outside of these walls. Let's pray. Father, thank you for... Laying before us opportunities to give, to serve, to work. Opportunities to be bold with our faith. Father, I pray that we are a church that loves people. A church that loves you. And a church that boldly shares our faith. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son. And thank you for your grace that fuels us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. We're going to watch a video now of our greeting ministry. It's such a very important part of our church family. As you walked in to this building, you were greeted with a maybe a handshake, if you're, hand, if you're doing handshakes now, and a, a smile and a, and a word of welcome. Let's
4: watch. Hello, this is Roland Esparza, leader of the Preston Crest Greeting Ministry. Every Sunday, the volunteers of this ministry serve by offering a welcoming smile, information, or help with a door for the members and guests of Preston Crest. Weekly, notifications are sent out via church teams to confirm whether volunteers are available for their time slot and location. The greeting extended by members of Preston Crest during my first visit helped me to know that this should be my church family. I'm grateful for the time and effort of all of our volunteers. Thank you, Preston Crest, for supporting ministries like this one.
0: Roland and Susan lead a great crew of volunteers that help greet everyone as they walk into our building. If you would like to get connected with the greeting ministry, you can just visit with someone there at our information center this morning and they will get you plugged in. I want to introduce some very special guests we have with us this morning. First of all, we have Simeon Sapone. Simeon, stand please. Simeon is uh, the preaching minister at the Chimaltenango Church in Guatemala. Let's welcome Simeon. So glad these guys are here. Moises Campos. Moises, come and stand. Yes, Moises is the preaching minister for the Goldsboro Church in North Carolina. Had to get all of that right. Moises, welcome. (laughs) Julio, Julio Sanchez. Julio is here, also from North Carolina, and he is the youth minister there at the Goldsboro Church. We are so thankful that these guys are here. Always welcome you guys. Church, let's stand. Let's all stand. We're gonna send kids on up to children's church. And then we're gonna sing one more song as Gordon's gonna come up here and share with us this morning. Everyone,
2: Everyone needs compassion.
4: Good morning, everybody. And yeah, it's great to have our hermanos here. And Simeon is a tremendous preacher of the gospel in Chamontanengo And what a great work they have going on. And I know our brothers from North Carolina do as well. So, so good to have them. I was just thinking this morning, I don't know if this is the same in Spanish, In Portuguese, to preach is to pregar, which is the same verb as to hammer. (laughs) So we are hammering the Word of God, the gospel, uh, every time we get up and we open the Word of God. We're just delivering that message, and, uh, and you do a great job of that. We're continuing our series this morning on the Lord's Prayer. And I read something this week that reminded me of how important names are, our names are, and how sometimes we could even leverage a name to try to get what we want. But there was a story, you know, the housing market is... I guess you could say, robust right now. The, uh, the supply is not so great. The demand is strong. And this was a story from Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, someone in, in a hot market out there was trying to get their dream home. And so they put in their bid, in their offer in writing, they offered not only above the selling price, but they offered to name their firstborn after the seller. They, they didn't win, by the way, but names are important. I was thinking this morning when I was talking to, to Simeon Sapone out in the lobby, I was reminded, you know, they're coming from Latin America and living in Brazil for 10 years. I had to change my name, not because I needed an alias or had committed any crimes, but because Gordon means fatso in Portuguese. <laughs> And so I made a decision that I didn't want to spend 10 years of my life being called FATSO. So I went with Wesley, my middle name. Thank you, Mom, for a good middle name that works in Latin America. Wesley works well. One time I was doing a wedding in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. People I'd known for a while, I love these people. And I was doing this wedding, and in the middle of the ceremony, just to kind of emphasize the the importance of this choice they were making to be together forever. I said, Mark, out of all the men in the world, Melissa has chosen you. And the bride looked over at me and said, Melinda. (laughs) She was Melinda, not Melissa. And uh, she did not like that very much. Um, Our names (laughs) mattered to us. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the name that matters more than any other, the one that carries the greatest weight, the name of God. We are told in the book of Ephesians, that, or Acts 2, 21, Ephesians as well, that we call on that name to find salvation. We are told in the Psalms that his name is the name above every name, Psalm 135, 13. And the amazing thing about this name, the one, he is the creator of heavens and earth. And Jesus says we call him Father. He is the one who made us in his image. This is the God that we serve. And he became one of us. This remarkable story. Think about the humility and the vulnerability to become a person, to become incarnate, and to live among us and serve and bless, and yes, to go to the cross and die for us. This is the God that we gather to serve and to revere and lift up and worship. And when God was among us, When Jesus walked this earth, he allowed himself to be cursed and criticized and falsely accused and arrested All because of his great love for us. This is the God that we gather to worship and praise this morning. And So we're going to unpack some more of the Lord's Prayer this morning. We saw last week how Jesus invites us into this relationship as children of God to begin our prayers with our Father. And so let's get back into the prayer this morning. Verses 9 to 13. Pray then like this, Jesus said, and read this with me out loud if you would. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that phrase that is tucked in there that we're going to talk about today is a phrase that As we think about it, we discover it is vital to human flourishing, to becoming the best that we can be. And it's that phrase that sounds a little weird to modern ears. Hallowed be thy name. What is it to hallow something? Well, that's an old word. It's a verb and it's a noun. As a verb, it means to set apart, to lift up, to exalt. As a noun, it's, it's a holy person. It's a saint. Halloween, All Hallows' Eve. It's the night before all saints' day. And so we hallow by setting apart, by lifting up, by putting first. And so first thing, right there in the prayer, before we get into things that we need, like food and forgiveness, daily bread, forgive our debts, we elevate the name of God. We worship His holy name. We say, hallowed is your name, Father. We put that at the top because He is is first priority for us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The most important relationship that I have that I ever will have the most important relationship that we can have as human beings is our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Not the public thing necessarily, like, like you guys get to see me standing up and preaching in public or someone comes up and leads a prayer or we all show up at church wearing our, you know, our nice Sunday clothes and looking great. That stuff is good, right? It's good. But Jesus reveals to us the most Important part of that relationship is you and God. Who are you together? Who are you with God when no one else is alone? Who are you in secret with the Lord? And so he says right before the Lord's Prayer, he says in verse 6, when you pray, so we need to be praying. When you pray, we need to be doing that. When you pray, go away by yourself. Think about that. Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private, in the secret place, your translation might say. And then your father who sees everything or who sees in secret, he will reward you. So when we pray, we get alone, we shut the door. We are alone with our Father in secret. That means it's the real me, okay? It's not the me that you see on Sunday morning. It's not the Instagram you who never has a bad hair day. It's not the you who you display in public. It's the secret you, the real you. God knows you more than anyone, More than mom or dad, more than your spouse and your kids. Your father sees you, loves you, and longs to spend time with you. Isn't that remarkable? And he rewards you when you spend time with him. Now let's get back to this idea of hallowing. Because we're not real. We live in a non-hallowing culture these days, I think. So let's talk about what it is to hallow. It is to to take someone or something and treat it as sacred to treat it as ultimate as something of greatest value And so again, this order in the Lord's Prayer, it starts with the starting blocks or this alignment with God are getting straight who God is and who I am. He's Father, I'm child, He is hallowed and exalted. I'm down here somewhere uh, saved by His grace. And so I recognize, I worship, I praise, and I get that down before I begin asking for God to meet my needs I've got a lot of needs I bet you do too before I ask for my emotional needs forgive my sins help me to forgive those who sin against me give me some daily bread I need to eat today God before I ask that I, I, I hallow his name I worship him boy we hallow the wrong things too easily <laughs> We elevate and worship the wrong things, don't we? I mean, how easy it is to hallow the money, the achievements, the admiration of others. How easy it is to hallow a politician or a political cause. And if we follow your Instagram feed or look at what you tweet, or what you text, or how you spend your money. It is not hard to tell. It's not hard at all to tell what it is that you hallow, what it is that you elevate, what it is that you put above all else, what it is that you are talking about constantly. And some of it's good stuff. I mean, it really is. It may be a spouse. It may be a... A dear friendship, it may be your child or your grandchild that you hallow. Those are good things. But Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer by promoting God and by demoting everything else. Hallowed be your name. You are above everything else. And at the end of the chapter, by the way, chapter 6, Jesus is going to circle back to this. It is so important And so at the end of this chapter, in verse 33, Jesus says, Seek what? First. Seek first your Father's kingdom, the kingdom of God, and His righteousness. Thirst for that, hunger for that, chase that first. And the other stuff, all these things, will be added to you. What things? Your daily bread, the stuff you need. The stuff you got to have to get by in this life. you tracking with him. All that other stuff is taken care of. It prospers. It is back to the Lord's Prayer. It is like rewarded when you put God first. So important. Jesus was a master teacher. And sometimes when something is this important, he would use a little bit of shock value, right? He would kind of grab people by the collar and shake them a little bit with his words. And one of these cases would be Luke chapter 14. He's talking about this idea of God coming first and he said some pretty remarkable things. If you want to follow me, he said, and you don't hate your father, and hate your mother, and hate your children, and even hate your own life, you're not worthy to follow me, Jesus said. Now, does he really want me to despise my precious mother and father, my children? Does he really want me to look in the mirror and despise myself? No. He's making a pretty clear point, though. If anything is allowed to compete with him, if anything is allowed to get in front of him, I'm not really a servant of God. I'm a servant of someone or something else. And it may be a a good thing, but it's not the way I was designed to flourish. And so Matthew chapter 6, 9, part of this putting God first is hallowing the name of God. Now, let me ask you something. Am I hallowing the name of God? Of God when I say something like, Oh God, that taco was great? Am I hallowing the name of God when I say, OMG, worst movie ever? Am I hallowing the name of God when I'm like, Jesus, that line looks long? Am I hallowing the name of God when I use that name above every name for my own purposes? To express my disgust or my delight or my surprise. Am I hallowing the name of God? Am I revering it when I bring it down and use it for my purposes? I've got a friend, by the way, who we were talking six, eight months ago. Pretty outspoken friend. Isla knows who this is. She was at the public library one day and she heard somebody, a total stranger using the cursing and using the name of God in all sorts of inappropriate ways, and she got red and, and, and fired up, and she went and confronted that total stranger, and I was thinking, whoa, whoa. Why? I, I don't know who this person is, but why would I expect someone who very possibly doesn't have a relationship with God, why would I expect them to act like someone who does? Why would I expect someone who's not a follower of Jesus to speak like someone who does? Someone came up to me after first service this morning, a doctor, and said, they were doing these surgeries with this Buddhist doctor. Uh, They worked together, and this Buddhist doctor kept using the name of Jesus. Jesus, blah, 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 blah. And he said, finally, he said, I I had to go and say, hey, this this is my Lord, and just he very kindly said, could you please, you know, say something different, and, and it really, it worked. It worked, and it changed things. And actually, it took their relationship to a new level. So there's, there's maybe a time for that, but why would I expect someone who doesn't know God as their father to, to talk to him with the reverence of someone who does? So we need to be thoughtful of that. But for centuries leading up to and during the time of Jesus, the Jewish people were so sensitive about this, so careful about using the name of God, the personal name Yahweh. They wouldn't say it out loud. Like if they were reading the Bible and there it was in the text, they would say Adonai instead of Yahweh. Sometimes today when you'll see an email or a blog from an Orthodox Jewish person, they won't even spell out the word God, G-O-D. They'll put G-D. They don't want to spell it out. Too holy, Too sacred. And it's all about the third commandment, right? Exodus chapter 20. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. What does it mean to do something in vain? It means to treat it as something common. To use it as just something that you would use in daily life. To not give it respect and honor. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold guiltless who takes his name in vain. And so how we speak the name of God reveals a lot about what's going on in here. Jesus told us in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like, I know what's going on in here based on what I say, based on what I tweet and text. And so when we worship, we speak the name of God with reverence. And in our daily conversations, and when we're talking to our children and our neighbor, we hallow the name of God. I get goosebumps just thinking about what we're doing here. Sometimes it's good to stop and think, what exactly is happening in this room right now? I mean, we like each other for the most part. You may not know everybody in here, but you probably like some people in here, want to go have lunch with some people in here, uh, talk sports with some people in here, talk about life with some people in here. Great. But this is much more than a gathering of friends. We do good works, world care, all sorts of stuff going on. We're trying to help people around the world. We are a lot more than a good works society. We are the children of God. Gathered in this sacred space to worship the name of our Father. Wow, what an amazing thing to gather and celebrate together the forgiveness that we have through Jesus and to praise his name with one voice. Ah, It's good, it's good. And so the the Lord's Prayer comes along and it helps orient us that above all else, even above our need for daily bread. Before our wants and needs, the first relationship how has to be our relationship with our Father. And think about our prayer life. Like, it's okay to express your needs to God. I mean, that's certainly part of the Lord's Prayer. But imagine you call your spouse, okay? You call your spouse and you say exactly this. Pick up the kids from school. Don't forget to get milk at the grocery store. Get my dry cleaning. Clean the bathroom. Click end of phone call. Okay. I don't don't think that would go too well in my case. But yet we come to God in prayer, and where's the worship? Where's the reverence? You know, if there's anything I can leave out of my prayer life, it's probably mentioning my daily needs. He knows that. But what I most need is to elevate his name and revere his name and just worship. And so Jesus in Matthew 6, in Luke 11, both versions of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, comes right up at the top. Now, there are, I think you could say, different kinds of Christians. Like, there's the kind of Christian that just kind of blends in with the world around them. They use the name of God just like everyone else that doesn't go to church or read their Bible or worship God. They speak to their spouse just like anybody else. They spend just like anybody else. They use their time just like anybody else. They blend right in with the world. They fit in. And then there's the Christian who flees, doesn't fit in, flees from the world. They isolate themselves from everything around them. Think like a, a monk on top of a mountain, sequestered in a monastery. Nobody knows them. They don't know anyone. They have very little contact with the outside world. And then there's this other kind of Christian that seems to be the one that Jesus is, is painting a portrait of here. The one who loves God and loves their neighbor. I don't know if you noticed this, but embedded in this prayer is the neighbor. It's it's our Father in heaven. It's our daily bread. I'm praying for our daily bread. I'm praying for our debts to be forgiven. We are in this together. So loving God, loving my neighbor, this is the person who is a witness to God in their everyday life. They carry the gospel with them out into the world, into the workplace, into the neighborhood. And the way they honor God, the way they hallow his name, it becomes a reference point for people around them. And it draws them to the gospel. Jesus' prayer has this life embedded in it. And this is what it looks like to flourish. This morning, it may be time for you to call on the name of the Lord, Acts 2.21, to say, Jesus, I need you as my Savior. I need you as my Lord. And you can call on the name this morning, being baptized into the forgiveness of Jesus, your sins washed away, receiving His presence, His Holy Spirit to refresh, reboot your life, to teach and train you and shape you over the years to come. Maybe this morning you just need to pray to our Father about something going on in your world. We would love to pray with you. Get together and pray with somebody right by you right now or come down and pray with me or one of our shepherds this morning. What we want to do, though, is live a life in response to our Father and all that He is and all that he's done for us. So let's stand together and let's hallow his name together right now. Lord, I come,
2: I confess
1: What a great day to be a Christian. Read with me our take-home verse today from Psalms 33, 20 and 21. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Now go and hallow the name of God this week.